Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. You still there, Mike? I am. Just kidding. We're actually in the studio together for once. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you have any questions, uh, give us a call today. Uh, 978-454-4980 is the number. We're live on WCAP. Uh, we're, and uh, if you have any questions uh, that you'd prefer to email, you can shoot us an email. Questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. You were laughing at the media. We're part of the media. What, what was your... I, I, didn't, I didn't actually know why you were laughing. Well, I, 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 you, we, I can't have this discussion without you saying I'm getting political. So I'm no, it's fine. Yeah, I think that we do a lot of political talk on this station. Uh, so. Right, so 68% of Democrats are, are fine with yeah. the media and 11% of Republicans. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you, have you ever listened to Fox News? They, they, I, think they, I think they do a lot of media bashing. So I, uh, I, was, I, was un, I was very unsurprised by those numbers. I watch neither Fox nor CNN okay. nor anything else on the radio. Uh, TV, by the way. Uh, okay. Practical. Well, then maybe you may, is it because you don't trust the media? Uh, just because I just want to watch the Patriots game and nothing else. <laughs> I'd rather read and have a life. I hear you. Uh, okay, but moving along. Uh, by the way, um, so folks, the, the the name of the show is The Golden Rule of Personal Finance. And, and the short story is that you need to live within your means or figure out all your income, subtract your federal, state, and social security taxes. What's left is what's left and what you have to work with and live on. And we're all hoping that your expenses are no more than what's left. And we're all hoping that your expenses include saving for college and saving for retirement. How's that for a grand summary? Pretty good, right? Very good. Not bad. Okay. Anyway, but before we go on, and I'm about to just go bad mouth charge cards here because people who live within their means have a zero charge card balance every month, folks. Well, maybe with a little exception I'll get to. But before I get there, I was thinking, so we haven't done this in a while here. So, folks... Um, you're listening to a couple of certified financial planners, and uh, at the risk of sounding, uh, I want to be careful here, too, too, too uh, arrogant here. Uh, certified financial planners are the gold standard when it comes to giving people financial advice and helping them with their lives because we're trained to do that. And uh, we're talking about your whole life. And so, uh, what we like to do on this show every once in a while is invite a uh, uh, a couple, uh, maybe a single person, but may maybe also a couple here uh, on on air live, and we would like to do a comprehensive financial plan in place for folks at, at this studio, okay, uh, for an entire show. 
Um, we, we do the show once in a while because it gives people who are listening an idea of what financial planning is all about and how it should be conducted. We think that's educational all by itself. Okay. Uh, and, you know, the, the trick is that you need to get uh, some folks on air who are comfortable kind of sharing their lives right. financially on air. That's the hard part. So, first of all, we can... If you're interested, folks, first of all, we'll be happy to give out a gift certificate for $150 to a local restaurant in the Merrimack Valley. By the way, this is a Merrimack Valley WCAP promotion. Hang on, Marshfield. Yeah, we'll so, we'll sorry, WATD. Although we've done that. We've done that. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. But this is a Merrimack Valley promotion Okay, to, uh, to, to have a live, comprehensive financial plan for your life. By the way, folks, these are two or $3,000 values and priceless for most folks who do that. So to get a, a handle on your whole financial life uh, and, or a real good start in a couple of hours, and if we don't finish, we'll complement and do that plan privately after hours for you because we said we would sort of a thing. So folks, you have no idea the value of this, but we think it's great radio to kind of give everybody else an idea about how this works. So if you'd like to volunteer... Okay, uh, J J Justin's going to, uh, we'll give Justin number and email, and we want to get folks that, that are generic, you know, here, here that, that makes sense sure. for everybody. But anyway, so why don't you give out a couple of contact numbers? Well, why don't, you know, the How easiest do way to do it is probably just to do the questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. Okay. Yeah, all right. Um, that way you can just shoot us an email. And uh, we can we can get y'all scheduled. Yeah, and we are talking two weeks from today live in at downtown Lowell in the station. Here. If possible, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, you're, you know, and you're setting us up for uh, some some technology. Uh, we, we have to do some technological rearranging in here. We're gonna need know, headphones. We'll need an extra monitor. We live in we live in a technology world. <laughs> we can handle it though. No question about it. Okay, but anyway, folks, we would. By the way, you we, you don't have to use your real names. And by the way. We don't have to get into some details of your financial life if you don't choose to, okay? But just to have a financial plan in place is, I'm sorry, priceless for most folks listening to us. We'd be happy to do one, okay, if, if you wouldn't mind uh, doing it live on, in, on air. And no, we're not very scary people. We're easy to get along with folks. But it would be terrific radio, and it would be terrific for folks listening to kind of get an idea of all the things that go into this financial bucket of your life sort of a thing. So yep. open offer. Please get a hold of us at questions at McNamara on money. Justin will get back to you, but we would love to do that. First of all, because we don't have to do any prep work. But second of all, <laughs> what are you talking about? We have to do a lot of ton of well, prep work. Well, you don't have to do, do any prep that's work. Right. Yeah. yeah, you have to do the work. But anyway, uh, please, folks, think seriously about taking advantage of that. And and I'm figured out if if people don't do that, I'm going to do my annual Halloween show, trick or treat, financial trick or treat. Okay. And I can do that in November if I miss Halloween. But I'd much rather do the the financial plan live. Well, that's right. So, two weeks from today. Yeah, yeah. that's that'll be. Oh, wow, okay. So what today's the ninth, right? So yeah. Nine and so it'll be the twenty third. Twenty third. So for folks, if you happen to be free for a couple hours late Saturday morning on the twenty third of October, and you'd like to get your life in order, and by the way, you need to do a little homework beforehand so we can get information cranked into the computer. Well, don't tell them that yet. Okay, uh, it might be scary, but at the very least, it'll be very helpful to you, and we would love to do that. We. Those are the best. If we could do a show every week like that, that would be the best show in the world from my point of view to do that. Okay. All right. All right. Get back me, to the golden rule. Back to the golden rule. Okay. And I'll repeat this and get into a little bit of detail. Folks who live within their means, they pay their charge cards off every month down to zero. Okay. And, and I'll make a corollary to that statement. Uh, if you're not able to pay your charge card balance down to zero in less than three months, whatever you bought, you couldn't have afforded. You okay with that or did you want to? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, by the way, quick, Google. What's the national average for charge card interest rate? Like 15% these days? Jeez, I don't know. Let's see if I can find an up-to-date number. Just real quick. Uh, I'll, I'll hum while you do that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to guess it's 15 or 16%. Okay. It is absolutely outrageous, folks. Okay. Uh, yep, you can get the air miles if you want, and you can do all that fun stuff. You can even buy groceries if you want, but as long as you pay it off every month, that, that's, that's fair. Okay, it is so easy and so tempting to be able to do that and not have to worry about it. It's scary, but when you think about it, 
it's pretty frightening to have to pay 15 or 16 or 17 percent interest to borrow money these days. What do you got? Do we trust CreditCards.com? Sure. I guess they sound pretty reputable. Well, maybe they have uh, the October 6th average. Uh, they they run a weekly average here, 16.16%. There you go, 16%. So if you've got a $5,000 balance, right? Yep. Okay, and if you don't pay it off in a year, right, $5,000 and 16%. Oh, 750 bucks. Oh, let's see. That's uh, yeah, $62.50 a month for interest. Okay. You, you, you could take the family out to Mickey D's. I got, eight, I got $808. Dollars, but. Okay. Oh, that's I didn't do the quarter or whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. But bottom line is credit cards are dumb unless you pay them off every month, folks. And moving right along. Okay. Right. It's well-worn territory. We, I think the, the, the Yeah. The, I think uh, the audience knows how we feel about All credit right. cards. Okay. So moving along then. Okay. This is a good one. All right. You ready? Ready. Folks who live within their means. They are very clear about their retirement dates and goals. You have to be going somewhere before you can have a plan to get there. Okay. All right. You want to embellish on that before it, I yeah, I, think <laughs> I would say that most, I mean, I don't know that most people have an, a, a retirement date no, they in don't. mind. I, 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 I agree. Well, you said very clear about a retirement date. Yeah, they should. Most don't. I said people should. Right. I would say that even, even you know, we meet a lot of financially responsible folks out there. I don't know that most of those people would, would have a retirement date in mind when they're 45, 50, even 55 years old. I mean, they have, you know, broad, oh, you know, I'd like to retire at some point. Maybe it's a, you know, kind of a generic age of 65. They should have a working date. Yeah. If they're not sure about a real date. Yep. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to retire at 55 just because I don't know. All right. That way you can start planning for that. Yeah. And eventually people get far enough, far enough along in their jobs or hate them so much that they need to leave quicker than <laughs> earlier. Yeah. And they'll get around to picking some dates on their own. And right, it's, it's not fair to ask a 30 or a 40 or even a 50-year-old what it is. But you have to have some kind of a working date in mind that you should be planning for, yep. at least to have something going. Well, I mean, I, I, w I would tell you that, you know, a lot of folks, you know, some people may be using kind of the generic rules of thumb that, you know, us in the financial media have been telling people forever, right? Oh, you know, it used to be a, you save 10% of your income. Now it's more in the 15% range. I think folks who have been following those rules of thumb for long enough, um, you know, may, maybe don't necessarily need a retirement date in line, in in mind, right? If you've been if you've been saving twenty percent of your income or maxing out your four hundred one ks for you know for fifteen or twenty years, I think a lot of those people maybe don't necessarily have a retirement date in but mind. Maybe but maybe they'd like to know when they could retire, right. even if they don't have one in mind. Right, but but even those even then those those rules of thumb, if you're following them, are those are based on kind of a, a generic retirement date anyway. So I guess I'm. I'm this, yeah, you're walking yeah. around a circle there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the, the bottom line is you should have some kind of a date in mind, whether you're serious about it or not. Okay. Well, by the way, so to, to your point, yeah. well, I'm saving 20% of my income every year. Well, I'm going to retire, but like, when could I retire? Right. How, how about either that? What, when, you know, oh, Mr. Financial Planner, when when could I retire by current circumstances? That's usually when we well, come in. Yeah. There, 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 <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, by the way, you can be 35 and want to have a when could I retire now date. Sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. As long as you don't mind a lot of fuzz in your plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A a exactly. Yeah. But you know what? Having 20 years of fuzz is one thing, but then 19 years, it's less fuzzy. Right. And 18 years, whatever. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't have, we got to come up with a name, a target retirement date. Uh, uh, it's got to be some kind of a thing we can coin and maybe trademark. Okay, <laughs> make some money off for, this deal. For, yeah, for, for your <laughs> magical retirement date or something like that. I bet you right. someone's already beat, beat yeah, us to probably, this. Yeah, probably. But anyway, <laughs> the the po point is, folks, that you should have a specific date in mind. Okay, e even if it's a when could I or. Yeah, I'm not sure, but the earliest I'd ever do it would be this age. You yep. kind of go from there. Or, yep. the, or the latest I'd ever do it is this age yep. and go from there. Okay. And, and then, so while you're on that subject, folks, <laughs> if you happen to be married, uh, you know, your spouse might have a different retirement date in mind than you do. Okay. It wouldn't be the first time that that happened in our experience. Okay with that? Yeah. In fact... I, I don't know. What percentage of folks do you think that we work with 
they retire at different dates anyway. Half, would you guess? I would say more than half. More than half. I don't think I've, I, I, I can't remember the last time I, we had, you know. We, you know Simultaneous we, retirements? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's fair. I mean, because a lot of times you get different ages. Yeah. And a lot of times you have, you know, folks in different lines of work. One may, you know, one may be more stressful. One may be less stressful. Uh, you know, some folks have a pension, some don't. And so I, I mean, I think it's yeah. pretty rare, but yeah. it's something that you should certainly yeah. talk about. Yeah. And I don't know. I would say that I, I think I'm, try, I'm trying to think back to my experience. I would say that most folks probably do have that discussion of when each would like to retire. I don't, I don't find it. I mean, occasionally we'll get a, oh, that's when you want to retire yeah. comment. But I yeah. think most people are on top of that. Yeah. And, uh, and by, while you're on that subject, uh, by, by the way, when you pick a date, folks, uh, you also need to start talking about what your retirement is going to look like, but that's a whole other subject given the circumstances, okay? Yep. I, I think everybody should have a when could I retire date based on your current, on your current, sure. think about that, on your current financial situation and savings rate, Yeah. factoring in college costs, even if you haven't got them yet, okay, when could I retire? Yeah. Okay, and, and that, everybody should know when you could retire. Might scare the heck out of you, okay, <laughs> if you find out the date, okay, but uh, you, you never know. Okay. Yeah. You never know. But yeah, everybody should have a when could I date. Yes. And I think, I mean, we, we get called in fairly often on that question, yeah. right? I mean, it's, you know, it's not, a, you know, maybe, maybe most folks, we might like them to know that a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, we, we regularly meet folks in their, you know, in their forties, maybe like, you know, maybe early fifties yeah. are saying, Hey, yeah. you know, I'm getting kind of close. Let's, let's have this discussion sure. now while I have some time to plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you, you know, you don't want to find out at, uh, at 65 that you, that you can retire at 75. Yeah. And I was just thinking, uh, and maybe, uh, another way to look at that is when could I slow down, work less for a while, right. and then retire? We have lots of folks who hate their jobs, want to change, and will probably have to go to a lower-paying job. And you know, so the question is, how much less can I earn and still retire at this date or that date? So when could I retire, or when could I slow down a while before I retire? Yep. How would that work, sort of a thing? Okay, everybody should have those. All right, so. Let's get to, oh, this is a fun one. Okay, so folks, okay, who live within their means, okay, they plan to have their mortgage retired when they are, okay? Agreed. This is probably, for most folks, the biggest one thing you can do to prepare for retirement. If you never call a financial planner in your life, Okay, and, and want a financial plan. Shame on you. But if you never did, okay, <laughs> if you had your mortgage paid off on your retirement date, your chances just got significantly better of whatever your definition of retirement was going to be. Okay? Yep. You okay with that? I'm okay with that. All right. So, how many folks out there listening to us think they're going to have their mortgage retired when they are? I was going to say, so if you if you have your mortgage paid off, right? I'm, I just looked up. You know, we we do a lot of googling, I guess, live on this show. Uh, the average Social Security benefit right now, the average Social Security check right now, is about fourteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. Okay. So no mortgage. I guess you you might you might be able to live on fourteen hundred dollars a month. That's a, that's a bare bones existence. Yeah. But then you know if you throw in a mortgage, your your fourteen hundred dollars a month uh, social yeah. security check isn't going to go very far. Yeah, yeah. Um, just backing up your yeah and, assertion. And yeah, by there. the way, another folks, uh, another reason to, to live within your means and to have a, a comprehensive financial plan for your life is just go check your social security income when you yeah. retire. That'll get you motivated <laughs> if you want to get motivated given the circumstances. But anyway, getting back to the mortgage. Okay, and here's why it's difficult. How many people? Uh, how many people own um, one home for their lifetime? Not many. None. Okay. So, folks, I, you know the numbers. I'll just make up. But people might live in three or four or five homes over the course of their lifetime. Okay. Yep. And generally speaking, up until the last one, every one of them gets bigger. Okay. And then, generally speaking, every one of them costs more. And generally speaking, everyone comes with a bigger mortgage. <laughs> and generally, everyone and generally everyone extends that thirty-year mortgage out to keep the costs down. Yeah, those are general statements that get people in trouble about not having to be able to pay your mortgage off when you retire. Yep. Okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think you're you're maybe overgeneralizing. I, I there are a lot of folks. But yeah. But yeah. I am. Yes. Agreed. But I'm I'm getting people thinking about the situation. Okay. If, if you're serious about a retirement date and you picked one, you know when you want your mortgage to go to zero. Yep. Okay. If you picked one, 
Next time you buy a home, regardless of how much it costs and what the uh, what the mortgage is, you got to line that up with your as an expense for retirement to make it work. Yeah, I, I think I find that you know this is just backing you up here. I think a lot no, of people wait a let me, do. Let me stop talking for a few more minutes here. Go ahead. I think when when we meet with folks who are relatively on top of their financial situation, uh, that's that's maybe one that's maybe the most common thing that I do here is that you know I will hear you know what and, and we have our our mortgage is scheduled to be paid off around retirement. I, I hear that pretty yeah. regularly from folks who's uh, who are I think in in pretty good shape. I think would you agree with that one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, it, it, it is. The one best thing you can do, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. to have chances of retirement get better, because statistically, people say, statistically, the generic person who retires has to lower their living expenses by 25, 30, 35%. That's a generic, doesn't apply to anybody, but it's kind of a working number. Right. And it's a pretty, in a pretty easy way to reduce your retirement expenses by 25 to 35% is to not have a mortgage payment. Right. You don't have to be a rocket scientist about that. So so the cautions or the problems that bump up are multiple homes, okay? Yep. Generally larger mortgages in yep. terms of dollars borrowed, okay? And then generally not paying attention to the term of the mortgage. You know, if you bought your last house at age 45 with a 30-year mortgage, Yep. Then you have, and retire at 65, you have 10 years of mortgage payments, unless I missed something. Right. Okay. So the trick is if you had a retirement date in place and a retirement plan in place, then you could kind of tailor your mortgages and your house purchases to fit your plan, as opposed to not having a plan and finding out you had too much house and too much mortgage and you couldn't retire at your 87. Right. Okay. That's the other extreme there, given the circumstances. Yep. Okay. So, so those are the pitfalls that people face about having mortgages go to zero. One more, by the way, it's called a home equity line of credit. <laughs> okay, folks who live within their means, okay, that having your mortgage paid off by the time you retire, that also applies to your home equity line of credit, which is a mortgage, okay, that you should have gone by the time that you retired, folks. Sure. Okay? Uh, it is so easy to to use charge cards or an equity line of credit and so hard to be disciplined about paying them back yeah. on whatever kind of a schedule you have. Yeah. So so those are just like the pitfalls that people have to yeah. to deal with to make that work. And again, we're okay, just just so everyone I think everyone knows this, we we're we're being obviously very generic, we're talking to an audience of a lot of different folks. We're not, uh, you know, if you're going to have a mortgage in retirement, we're not bad mouthing you. I mean, there's a lot of situations where people end up with mortgages yeah. in retirement. It's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I just don't want someone yeah. to be a, you know, if if someone's a divorcee here and they, you yeah. know, they got divorced when they were 50 and they had to yeah. separate their expenses, and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they they need to have a mortgage and they they took out a 30 yeah. year. We're by no means, uh, you know, trying to put people down, but we are. No, no that, yeah. and that was not. By the way, I would say, hey, it doesn't matter whether you have a mortgage or not in retirement, as long as you can afford. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so that's not a put. That you sure. know, you get a little too sensitive. That's a financial. Yeah, hey, statement. we live in a sensitive world now. I'm, I'm just trying to. <laughs> that's a financial statement. That's not a put down. You're you're imagining I'm hey. browbeating people. All I'm saying is that if you had a mortgage in retirement, it's more difficult than not. I'm okay. I'm living in the world that we're living That's in right bad. now. You know, okay. you're, you can. I'm checking out. Okay. <laughs> no one's going to tweet at you, and, so and, I guess yeah, you don't you don't have to worry about. See that? It. Yeah. Well, you know, all you have to do. Is or me either. All yeah, you have to no, do I'm you're just. You're a tweet, okay? Uh, <laughs> whatever that is. All right. So anyway, oh, one last thing yeah. on the mortgage, folks. Okay, this is a sidebar. Okay, uh, uh, and it does relate to mortgages. Okay, uh, if you're if you're planning on using the equity in your home, theoretically you'd have 100% equity in your home if you didn't have a mortgage, by the way. Yeah. If you were planning on using whatever equity you had in your home in your retirement, I got a newsflash for you, that probably won't work. Why not? Okay, uh, so let's, by the way, let's pretend- We don't uh, have a lot of time for this. Do we, we got... have, uh, do we have a mortgage or not? Uh, do you have a mortgage? Give me an example. I'll answer. I'll answer the question both ways. No mortgage. All right. I have no mortgage in retirement. Okay. Perfect. Let's see. I've got a five hundred thousand dollar house in today's world. Okay. It's fully paid for. I'm retired. Okay. Okay. But I want to downsize my home. Yep. Okay. I, I'm going. I want to buy a smaller home on one level. Okay. And it's going to cost me less. Okay. No, it's not. 
when you buy that smaller home, it's going to be a smaller, better home than the, than the big one that you have that needs some repairs and some work. Okay. Okay. Almost, well, but very few people we know when they downsize their home, downsize the price of it. Right. Okay. And all, all you need to do, folks, is if you're thinking about doing that, you think your home is worth this much money right now, and you're thinking about downsizing it, go shopping now, even if it's five years away, and figure out what you could buy to replace it. People want smaller, nicer homes yeah. than the ones that they left. Okay. So, so folks, home equity, okay, do not count on that make saving your life into retirement. Okay, not a good plan. Okay. All right, time to leave now? That's a, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I was, I'll, I'll let that one slide. All right. Okay. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. And we are back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara live today in studio for once. I have a, I have a reprieve from soaking, uh, from coaching soccer this week. It's Columbus Day weekend, so uh, no soccer games for me. And uh, we are talking about the golden rule of personal finance, which essentially is live within your means. And we've been uh, spending the last hour and a half going through all the different ways um, that, that uh, you know, people, we, we suggest that folks should do that. You right? can't beat this to very, death enough, Justin. Very... You can't beat it to death enough. No question about it. <laughs> beat it okay. to death. I'm not sure that's the term we should use for our, our radio program. But anyway, um, if you have any questions, you can give us a ring. 978-454-4980 is the number. Uh, if you'd like to shoot us an email, questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. We're also looking for a volunteer to do a live plan here sometime in the next, you know, a, a couple of weeks would be, uh, would be a good time frame. The 23rd of October, live on this show, we're looking for some folks that would like us to get their financial life completely in order in two hours and change. Two hours. Without cost. Well, that should take more than two hours, but we'll do that privately. Folks, we'd like to do a comprehensive written financial plan for some lucky folks who are brave enough to sit here for a couple hours with us in the studio on Saturday morning, the 23rd of October. Number one, you'll get a plan worth thousands of dollars and some financial sense of the rest of your life. And number two, we'll send you out to dinner at a local restaurant for 150 bucks and uh, more if you've got a family, whatever. We're negotiable on that. We just want to get somebody <laughs> in here an open-ended, and, yeah. and do this. Hey, it's <laughs> simple as that. So it's questions at McNamara on money. Just say, hey, we'd like to volunteer and here's our phone number. Give us a call sort of a thing. We'll have some fun. Okay. All righty. All right. Sounds good. All right. We got to finish up here. So we're okay. talking about people living within their means. And if you're just tuning in, it's very simple. You only make so much money. You have to take away your federal taxes, your Massachusetts taxes, and your social security taxes. And what's left is what you have to live on. And we're hoping that what's left, okay, you can pay all your bills, save for retirement and save for college. Okay. In that, uh, recipe, if you will. And this whole show is about having you do that. And by the way, if you are living within your means, your chances of retirement success are significantly enhanced if you're doing that all your life. Plain and simple as that. Agreed. All right. Folks who live within their means know that that may mean you have to make some sacrifices or trade-offs to be okay in retirement. They may not drive the nicest, newest cars. They may not live in the biggest, most well-appointed home, okay, but their home is well-maintained and cared for. They may not take as many vacations uh, as their, some of their friends. They might not be members of a country club or a yacht club or have expensive hobbies, but they might, depending oh. on what's left. It depends on what your means we, are. We, we're just talking about what's <laughs> left, folks. No politics involved. It's math. You, you have a sum of money you can live on. What are you doing with it? How's it going? Okay? Yeah. All right. It's pl- plain and simple. All right. So here comes some of the fun things. Okay. Yeah. So folks who live within their means, they do not have to be too aggressive or risky with their retirement investment strategy because they are saving a bunch of money regularly. Okay. You okay with that? I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, d- don't have to be, but but maybe, right? So per, it's a, 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 I guess the point you're making is 
that your investment risk tolerance can be a personal choice, right? Which is a great place to be in from a uh, from an investment point well, of view. It can be a personal choice, but it, you you might not have a choice if you want to get someplace. You know, if you're going to retire, you may have to earn a certain amount of money on your investments. Right. Okay, but the other way to do that is to save enough so it doesn't matter. Right. Okay, and so uh, at the very beginning of this show, I said that your investing strategy isn't as big of a deal as you think it is when it comes to retirement, and it's not. Okay, and let me give you an extreme example, but I think I'll make a point. Okay, so if you have absolutely the best investment strategy on the planet, and by the way, nobody knows what that is, but for all of your life, if you had the absolute best possible investment strategy appropriate for your age and circumstances that you're putting money into a 401k, if you saved a dollar a month, it doesn't matter. Right. Okay, doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. On, on the other extreme, and I'm being extreme to make my point. Sure. If you can save $5,000 a month for the rest of your life, you can put it under your mattress and be okay. Right. All right. So, so folks, here's the point. Okay. The investment return is not nearly as important as how much you save. And by the way, how much you save sort of relates to what your expenses are. Okay. It's all a big equation, folks. Right. Okay. And earning the best investment return doesn't count for a whole hell of a lot. Okay, in your entire life, if you're doing everything else right, and that's a good thing, right? Okay, we we like to say that when you're trying to get your life together financially, whether it's just to live and survive today or to get ready for tomorrow, there are things you can control about your financial situation, and there are same things you can't. You can't control what you're going to earn on your investments. You can make some guesses and hope, right? But you can control how much you save. Yeah, right. you can and should spend time on on what you're investing in and what you know, and, and make some projections about what the, you know likely history, you know likely returns are going to be on that particular investment strategy. But it's it's very much out of your hands, right? N- nothing, you know, we all of our uh, all of our commercials and everything that we have says, you know, mm-hmm. you know, past performance is not a, you know no guarantee of future results for a reason. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not a lot that you can right. That doesn't mean there's not a lot you can control, right? Yeah. You can you can control how much you save. And at some point, it doesn't matter, right? Most people can't get to that. Most people can't save that much to where they can just put it under a mattress and have their money, you know, deflate for, you know, for 40 or 50 years and still make it okay. But in theory, you could certainly do that uh, and make it work. And um, I mentioned those extremes to make a point. Right. And and, and that's the point. So, by the way, let's spend a little bit more time on this. So, so hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll maybe have a couple here sitting here. Yeah. Okay. And we'll be talking about their investments. And we'll say, well, hey. So, uh, how much you got in your retirement plans now? Okay, got this much. Um, how much you putting every month in there? You got this much. Uh, what are your expenses now? They're this much. What do you think they might be in retirement? Well, they're that much. Okay, we, we, we got this is financial planning. Yep. 101, we got those numbers. Well, so <clears throat> we, we make some assumptions uh, about a retirement date and uh, inflation and a bunch of other things. And we push a couple of buttons and it says, hey, you know, uh, oh, wait a minute, we forgot one thing. Uh, what are you earning on your investments? Well, people don't know that. All right, so, you know, we, we'll, we'll make a guess. We'll say, let's, let's see what happens if you earn 5% on your money, for starters, okay? Well, we can push those buttons in that very serious financial planning software, and it'll say, hey, good job, or you're in trouble, or, or, or somewhere in the, in the middle there, okay? So, so what people... Given their circumstances and given what they can save, what they need to earn, okay, to be okay is a certain number. Right. Which is not guaranteed. But it's one you could at least work with to try to make some guesses. So so that's where our part gets a little scary, right? We're asking people to, <laughs> yeah. to get their lives together and do this, that, and the other thing. But we got to make a guess about how they can earn 5% of their money. Or this, that, or the other thing. Right. Okay. Right. So, so that gets down to the investment strategies, the combinations of stocks and bonds, and what you think we can earn on those things. Okay. And you have to, <clears throat> you have to plan. Okay. You have to start off saying, well, you need to earn this much. Well, but how about if I earn between that much and this much? Well, if you have a plan in place, and you are earning about what you need to earn, well, that's comforting. If you're not. Well, maybe you have to change your your investment strategy. Maybe you have maybe you can't save more money, sort of thing. So, so my point is that that the investment strategy that you have, hopefully, it's appropriate for your circumstances and your age. Yep. And hopefully, you're comfortable with it. 
and hopefully it's based on what you can save and you can't save anymore. But if that doesn't work, what do you do? You know, and, and <laughs> you know, what are the options? Well, yeah, I don't know. Work, work longer, I guess. Work longer, right. save more. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are certainly, you know, there are things that are absolutely in your control. And I guess, yeah. the, you know, the point that we... That control versus not control. People, yeah. I think, spend more time, maybe because it's, you know, kind of intellectually interesting uh, on the investment piece yeah. of what they are, you know, of what they're doing. Oh, you know, what's what's this fund earning? What's, you know, uh, is my, you know, should I invest in, uh, in Apple and Tesla? And they spend probably less time worrying about how much is going in and, you know, what can I do to, you know, to make sure that I, that I'm saving more and saving enough. Um, you know, I, I think that's just a, it's, it's kind of a well-worn, you know, thing in our industry where people spend a lot of time on stuff that they can't necessarily control and not as much time on stuff that they can control. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, folks, I told you this is not rocket science. Okay. You can do an awful lot of things regardless of what you're working with for, in, for income yeah. to make the best of your life. And that's that's why we're doing this, okay? Uh, I, I get a little carried away once in a while with extremes, but I think I make my points, okay? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so the, the, the point is maybe, it, you know, maybe... You know, we push a couple of buttons in a couple of weeks with a couple of with sitting with and it says, hey, you know, uh, we plugged in that maybe you earned 5% and it says you can live happily ever after and then some. Well, how about if we plug in 3% or 2%? Yeah. Whatever. So it's possible that you could even lower the risk in your investments to still get to the same place, and and would you feel comfortable about that? Well, that's that's at least a choice. Yep. Some, you know, I let's see. I only need to make two percent to be okay, but if I make five percent, I can leave a bunch of money in my kids. And what's the difference between two and five? And how's that work? Or retire earlier? Or, or retire, yeah. it's just, those are all the questions that pop up once you know roughly what your situation looks like. If you don't know what it looks like or roughly what look, you got nothing to talk about. Yeah. Right. That's the fun part about how all this works. By the way, so the flip side of that, okay, so, uh, you know, people who are living within their means, by the way, on the other hand, they may choose to be more aggressive with their money because they can afford to do so. That's right. Okay. Think about that. It's know? always, I mean, it's, it's always a nice meeting when, when we, when we were able to sit down with a client and say, you know what, it really doesn't matter what your investment strategy is. What, right? a, yeah. what, what a wonderful thing to tell somebody. And they look at you like, are you really serious about this? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. By the way, most of the folks know that. Thank goodness that they're in that position anyway. But you're exactly right about that. I mean, we have, uh, you know, let's see. The book says that when you're 82, you should only have 12% of your money in stocks because they're really risky these days. Well, I could talk about bonds, but I'll leave that alone. Well, well, by the way, if you happen to be 82 years old and your pension is $300,000 a year and you need the money like a hole in the head in your retirement plan and you want to leave a bunch of money to your kids, buckle up, put it all in stocks, have a nice day. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on your circumstances and situations. We have, I have a number of folks, I've been on a mission for the last three, four years about this, by the way, that I work with, and we're taking a little bit of their money, usually their Roth IRAs if they have one, and we're buckling them up and putting them at all stocks because they need it like a hole in the head. Yep. You know, you're all set over here. Yeah, but I want to leave my kids up. And well, let's, let's just get brave over here. We'll have a good time. And next time the stock market crashes, we can have a good laugh for a little while. And then when it goes back up, you can feel better sort of a thing. So, <laughs> so if you're living within your means, you, ha- you may have some choices about the investment strategy and the risk each day. If you're not, you may not have any choice about what you have to earn or how long you have to work. That's right. That's all. Okay. You yep. just got more options available to you folks yep. if you know your circumstances or have some pretty good guesses about it. That's all. How are we doing here? Well, uh, about 15 minutes. We got 15 minutes. Are we going to run out of it? No, I don't think we are. Okay. Let's see here. Nope. Okay. Uh, on the aggressive strategy, by the way, okay, uh, just a point I put in bold here. Giving investments the time to work is mighty important when it comes to your strategy or your investment strategy. But yeah, I have uh, I have a number of folks I can think that I'm working with personally that their Roth IRAs, because they don't need them, or some of their variable annuity money that they don't need them, they're more bravely invested than conventional wisdom might suggest. And I sleep like like a baby about that, and so don't they. Or even or even their own, 
you know, even their own risk profile might suggest. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah. a, that's a better way to put it, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, we, we, we're we always working with clients on how they should be investing their money. And, and generally speaking, we'll have a, a um, you know, the, the bulk of their money in one particular strategy because that's what we need to make the plan work. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking in this case about, you know, the plan looks great. We probably, you, you, there's a very, very small chance that you uh, that you run out of money. And so let's buckle up and be aggressive with this particular yeah. chunk of money because yeah. it really does. It's 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 almost outside of the plan, yeah. and and yeah. you know because things have have gone so well for this particular person yeah. that they can not worry about yeah. the 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 risk return profile. Even if they yeah. you know they wouldn't you know for the money that they're relying on for income, yeah. they might never have an all equity portfolio because it would be inappropriate, and they may they may worry about it. But yeah. if yeah. it's if it's mentally sort of oh this is for my kids. What do I care? And that's, you know, yeah. if, it, if it's up and down exactly. and if it drops 34% when the stock market is down from COVID. We can laugh about it. You know? Right. Yeah. So, you know, do they though? I don't know if they actually do. I, with, my, with my clients, <laughs> okay, we do. I've known them for 20 years or 30 years. They know how this works. Yeah. Sort of a thing. Okay. But you know, it's, you know, you, what you just said there, let me see if I can say this correctly. Okay. Um, folks who live within their means, who are in good shape financially, they have a range of choices available to them on their risk on their risk in the portfolio right okay yeah that, okay they have a range of choices folks who don't have a range of choices may have more difficulty making retirement work or may feel more uncomfortable about it you know if if, if somebody how, 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 let's see in our opinion if if somebody has to own a 75% stock, 25% bond portfolio, just to get you know somewhat. If yep. somebody has to own that, in our opinion, to, to earn a certain return to be okay in retirement, and they're not comfortable with that, then they have a problem. Either they have to adjust their retirement plans in some other part of their life, right. or they have to live with that risk that they perceive is in that 75-25 portfolio. Okay, yep. um, you're just in a better position if you didn't have to deal with that right. sort of a thing. Okay, uh, or, or said you know, and then I guess the other part about this before I leave all that is, risk is such a fuzzy topic, right? Okay, and aggressive versus conservative. You know, I've been in this business 40 years and change, and I've never met anybody who walked in the door except maybe three people who said I'm an aggressive investor. Everybody <laughs> I ever met, and how about you? Said I'm a conservative investor. Okay, well, what the hell does that mean? Okay, is my, my question. What, you know, how does that define, you know, how do you define risk? We're supposed to analyze people's risk tolerance in our business. I think that's a joke. Okay, we, we do. We spend it. a lot of time we, with we, it, I though. do, but I think it's a joke. Okay, and you know why? Because people need to understand it and deal with it, okay, and be clear about it. And, and and things go down. There, there was a commercial before the show about the stock market goes down and down and down. Well, you know, it does go down, but over the long term, it goes up. So the, the, the problem with investment risk is people don't understand it, okay? And, and if you understood it, okay, you might be more comfortable with it. If you understood it and went through it, the, the folks, we're in different age brackets, obviously, because of my son, but the folks that I've known for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, they've been through a couple of downtimes. They know it comes back and they know the world's probably going to be okay. And they're less scared and more comfortable about investments because they've been through that yeah. a couple of times. Okay. And they just know the way it is. And by the way, you can make yourself prepared for the market to go down for a couple of years by having lots of money on the side to live while it's doing that. So there's there's ways you deal with the risk that's inherent in a portfolio. Yep. And people just need to sit down and talk about that. But people who live within their means have more options about how that game plays. Okay? And that's those are wonderful discussions to have. And I call those happy meetings with clients. You know, we have some sad meetings where people say, well, I can't be comfortable with this risk. I guess I'm going to have to stretch and work three more years. That's okay. Those are what the choices are. But you have more choices if you've always paid attention to your money. Okay? Yeah. And and you don't know that till you get further downstream. Yeah. You know. I just I should just follow up on on your your Please comment do. about about measuring risk tolerance. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. It's I think what you're yeah. what you're pointing out is it's it's certainly not a science, right? It's no. it's very difficult to measure someone's risk tolerance, and it's sort of something that that's it's it's so nebulous and it changes. 
um, you know, with a person's age and with the circumstances well, well, in which they're currently living. If it's March of 2009, nobody yeah. has any risk tolerance for yeah. anything. Okay. And if it's three weeks ago or seven, six months ago, risk is perfectly comfortable in right. the whole world. Right? Doesn't, it doesn't yeah. seem, but it's, it's, again, not something that you should not do, right? I just want to be absolutely clear no, on no. that, that, that you should have an eye, yeah. you know. You should always do your best to understand your own particular risk profile because if it's not, if you get it wrong, then that's when kind of bad stuff tends to happen. Yeah, but but let me ask you this: Don't you think that one needs a certain amount of education and understanding before they can truly assess their own risk? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but but if you give somebody a risk profile questionnaire that doesn't have a clue, how are they going to score? I mean, I think everyone. I mean. I guess every every I don't know that a an uneducated person taking a risk questionnaire it's it's not a completely useless exercise right I mean you could there's something to be gleaned from every risk profile whether yeah. whether or not that might change they're gonna after come out some on the education they're going to come out on the extremely conservative risk profile all the time Okay. That's not, no, no, or I mean, it, it might just be wrong. I mean, there, there are certainly, I think I, I may run into more aggressive investors than you. Um, there are certainly folks who, who are primarily concerned with the upside, but, but you know, that may not be, that may be in, at a particular time in the market. And, and if we met them in, uh, you know, in March of 2020, might, they yeah. may have a different answer. Sure. But yeah, I, mean, I think it's a, I, I just, yeah. I don't want people to go away from this thinking it's not a valuable exercise to try to well, figure out how you should oh, okay. be invested. And no, no, by the way, but let me, let me clarify. And I don't want them to feel that way either. But people, in order to take a test, you're probably better off being educated before you take the test. Okay. I think it's a financial advisor's responsibility. Yeah. Okay. To give potential clients an education about how they manage their how they manage money and what the risks are involved, and be very clear about what the different risks are. Okay. And educate people before they take that risk profile questionnaire because their risk will be better, their risk will be more comfortable if that's the case. If, if you're completely uneducated or partially educated, like most folks who would take that and didn't have a good handle on how things really worked, their scores are going to come out very conservative. Okay, so my point is I'm okay with risk profiles as long as people have been educated enough to take them Okay, and have a faith. You got to be prepped for that. I'm sorry. You, if you're not prepped for a risk profile, what good is it? Um, you can't. It. There's no good. It's not. No, I mean it's well. If hey, you, hey, Mr. Investor, if the stock market went down 35 percent tomorrow, how would you feel? By the way, did we say and it's probably going to come back after that? <laughs> no, no. They just think about that for a moment. I, I so I'll I will stipulate that you're it's it's better to take a risk Thank a you. risk profile score right. as an educated person. I'll but take that. You should. Is it, is it more appropriate for your circumstances to do it that way? I would say. I mean, well, you're, if your circumstances are un, uneducated, yeah. then you know it's it's the profile is still has value, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You no, could we, still you could still bail. I mean, yeah. you know, essentially the entire exercise of a risk profile is making sure that you can handle downside volatility right i mean that's that's yeah. really the only reason that we're taking them is because yeah. we need to know how much yeah. how worried folks are going to yeah. be when yeah. the market you know yeah. and it's it's not a, it's not an if it's a when sure. when the market goes down yeah. if you're if you're worried enough to to sell out that's yeah. usually the worst decision an investor can make yeah. and that's like the whole thing we're trying to solve for yeah. right so any you know any information that we can get on that whether or not you're you know whether or not you've been investing for 30 years and and you know understand the way the market work and, and market history and the ups and downs of it, um, you know, that's a, a preferable situation, but, a, you know, a novice investor who maybe doesn't um, know a whole heck of a lot about the market should probably still take that questionnaire. Yeah. If they're going to go in, if they're going to be investing uninformed, yeah. then that's, you know, that risk profile is fairly accurate for them. Well, by the way, then, then if they took that then it's even more incumbent upon us to educate them and have them take it again. I think so too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and again, okay. you 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 will often see this, right? I mean, if you're we we meet with some clients who are in retirement plans, and you know we'll sit down with them for the first time and and uh, you know say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get you set up. And a lot of those folks are, you know, if you're 25 years old and you've never invested and you didn't take any personal finance courses, well, you know, you you may well have a different investment strategy to start because. 
you know, that's just, you, you feel more conservative about the unknown, right? And then, you know, as we meet, you know, year yeah. to year and, you know, oh, oh, here we are, it's two, three years down the line, we've seen how this process works, then maybe, you know, we say, okay, well, yeah. they're a little bit more comfortable with the process yeah. at that okay. point. So, and, yeah. and to that point, if that very conservative and educated person was comfortable with a very conservative strategy and, and you had a financial plan in place, and they knew they had to work till 70. Yeah. Well, two or three years later, if they're actually earning two or three percentage points more than they thought they would, maybe they're more comfortable now about thinking, oh, maybe I can retire at 65. It, it's in the context of a financial plan, it's a lot more sensible than, than not to have a risk profile. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I got two more points I got to make, and I can't believe I we think we finished this. Okay. So, <laughs> so and, anyway, okay. Uh, if... So folks who live within their means, okay, they've always had their expenses under control. And if they've had their expenses under control, okay, we have a better picture in a financial plan about what they're going to spend in retirement, okay? Think about the folks, when we sit down, we have to spend a whole lot of time with folks printing up the budget expenses they gave us because they were never correct. They always missed by a bunch of money on the budgets, correct? That's normal. That's, that's In the normal. real world, yeah. people miss by 5 or 10% of their expenses, okay? If, if pe people who live within their means, who know their expenses, they just have a higher chance of getting future anticipated expenses correct in terms of a planning scenario, hence improved odds of being living happily ever after in a retirement. That's all. Okay. Okay. And, and I think I'm almost in time for the last one. I agree with so, that. So the, the only problem that there's a, actually, there's a major problem that exists for people who live within their means all their life and retire. Okay. The major problem is they have trouble spending money on fun stuff <laughs> that they never have before, or maybe haven't spent as much of. And I, I'm, I'm very serious about this. The, the folks who've done well with their lives that I work with, who have more money than they can probably use and need, they just have difficulty loosening up and maybe spending more on vacations yeah. or maybe spending more on gifts to kids or grandkids or maybe giving more yeah. to charity or this or that or the other thing because they've been all of their life brought up in this disciplined, you know, very regimented way to do things. And all of a sudden they got more money than they can spend and they don't know how to do that. Yeah. Okay. And it, it sounds uh, like yucky. Old okay. habits die hard. Yeah. We're getting a lot of waves at the window today. Yeah, this is People, great. I love People. this. Okay. Come on in. Okay. Uh, it, you know, I spent, I like to say, and this is true for me, I spend about half my time telling the folks I work with, Hey, you got to be careful. You got to cut down things. You got to be all right. And I spend the other half saying, would you please spend more money? Okay, your kids are going to be really, really happy unless you spend more money and enjoy your life. Sort of thing. <laughs> and that is truly the biggest problem that they have. And that's a great problem to have. And I think we got to go. Let's wrap it up. We'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.